Hello and welcome to Plotris. This is Meg. This is Lane. And today we're reviewing Hit Me With Your Best Scott by Susan Enoch. This was published in 2021 and is the third book in the wild, wicked Highlanders series. And we have reviewed the first two in the series. So I was excited. I had a lot of ideas and a lot of speculation about what was going to happen in the series. And I was 100% completely wrong. Um, okay. You know how sometimes we talk about how, generally speaking, if we like the main couple, we can let go of any side shit. And sometimes, rarely, the side shit will, like, outweigh the main couple for us. Mm-hmm. This is totally a book where the side shit sucked, and I will totally admit that, but I love the main couple so much, I didn't care. And this is not a main couple I thought I would have liked. <laughs> Nothing about this on paper works for me. I am usually not into, like, the six-foot-four alpha who's going to throw you around and tries to get, like, is smart but doesn't care about seeming smart. Like, he punches people to get what he wants. It is the antithesis of everything Megan and I say we want to know. Like, this is the opposite of a spy. He's the opposite of a spy. And here I am, like, come at me. (laughs) What's this book about, Lane? Oh, well, okay. Central conceit of this series. Let's read the jacket. No, I know, but just reminder for everyone. Central okay. conceit of the series is this is three Scottish brothers who find out that they have to marry English ladies within the next month or their Scottish estate will lose all of its money. Right, because and- their mother was English. She actually abandoned her sons when her daughter was born. She left them in Scotland with her husband, took her daughter back to London. They have been separated for 18 years. Yes. And she wrote a contract with her husband that said, I will continue to fund the estate. However, my sons need to marry an English woman before our daughter, Eloise, marries. And now Eloise is engaged, and these three boys are like, oh, shit. They didn't even know this contract, this bargain existed. They got to hustle their butts down to London and marry people. And call the eldest brother is the only unmarried one. This is the third book. This is his book. So just, I wasn't sure if the book jacket got into that. So I wanted to remind everyone that the central conceit of this series is three brothers rushing to marry English women before their sister's wedding. Yes. And this this is the line in the book jacket that tells you that. The McTaggart brothers have just one duty, marry English noblewomen or lose their land. Colin McTaggart, the eldest of the brothers, is a brawny, stubborn Highlander who will not be tricked to the altar by anyone, not even his own vexed mother, who's engineered the ultimate plot. Marry an Englishwoman or forfeit the ancestral estate. But when Cull crosses swords with the clever, enchanting, and anything but common Persephone Jones, he realizes he may have met his match in the beguiling, beautiful woman. The problem is, Persephone isn't interested in marriage. Admired, free-spirited, and independent, she's also an expert at dodging marriage traps. She doesn't need a stubborn, headstrong Scott disrupting her life, even if he sometimes seems to know her better than she knows herself. When Call discovers that Persephone is actually a lady in disguise and that someone is after her inheritance, well, Call has never backed down from danger and no one threatens a Highlander's lady and gets away with it. Do you want to start or should I? This is a really shitty book jacket. 
So the first paragraph, as we established, is not correct. They don't forfeit the ancestral estate. No, they just don't have any money. They just won't have any money. Two, that second paragraph is just like spoiling the whole book. Well, it spoils the whole book, except it doesn't give away the one the one thing that actually is important, which is that Persephone is an actress. Yes. That's not uh, mentioned that's not in the book spoiler. <laughs> what? That's not a spoiler. I was actually worried because my random number summary has a reference to something that I thought was a little bit of a spoiler, mm -hmm. but it was just spoiled in the official jacket, so I'm not worried anymore. Yeah, seriously. You can tell we don't really read the jackets, you guys. <laughs> everything, right everything about this entire introduction should have established for you that we try to like not read the jackets until we've read the books. Because so often they're inaccurate or spoilery or whatever. So we usually, um, uh, we screw up a lot reading the jackets and you guys don't hear it because I edit it out. <laughs> because we're reading them for the first time live. <laughs> All right, Lane, do we have a Gentleman Jackson's Get Fit Workout for the Scottish Slayer? I think you identified one. Well, basically, he's a Scottish Laird. I think I Scotsmen mean, don't have to work out. I think, yeah. There's also, like, okay, workouts that he does in the series, run naked down high street holding a claymore. Mm-hmm. Um, rides his horse a lot. Yeah, and rides a horse named after a demon monster. And not only is it, like, just a horse named after a demon monster, it's he's the only one who can ride him. And it's a stallion, too, right? Yeah, that would be a trope. Obviously. Yes. The trope only responds to me. Correct. Oh, but, yeah, it's the whole thing with, with Highlander romance or Scottish romance. Like, I'm not that into it. But when I read it, it is kind of fun to just embrace the whole, you know, Scottish layered thing. Yeah. Okay. So, as usual, we tried to do better than the jacket. Guys, it's not hard here. Um, and this week, or this episode, our random number is 39. And I want to actually explain the random number summary in case anyone else is as confused as our previous co-host from Romance at a Glance was. So, the concept of the random number summary is Meg and I generate a number between 1 and 50 for novels and one in 25 for novellas. And whatever random number gets spit out by Google or Alexa or whatever, we try to summarize the book in that number of words. So that, for anyone who was wondering, because I realized we never explained it, we just started doing it. That is what we are doing. We are generating a random number and then trying to summarize the book in that many words. Yeah. So I'll go first. Here is my 39 word summary. Call has to marry an Englishwoman to keep his inheritance, so he chooses one, Persephone, London's premier actress. Of course, Percy's a lady in disguise, so everything works out in the end. Matthew and Eloise still get married. I'm glad you mentioned that last bit. I didn't, and it infuriated me. Uh-huh. <laughs> so angry. <laughs> so you guys may recall from the second book in the series... Matthew, their younger sister's fiance, the one that this whole timeline is based around, mm -hmm. um, sells his sister to pay off a debt. That is correct. And he's now a suitable husband. Uh, I honestly, the best thing about Call is that he didn't forgive Matthew and he actually punched him. And again, I'm not super into like violence either, but. Matthew deserved it. 
And this is totally deserved in the romance novel world, not in the real world. But I think for everyone pissed off at how easy Matthew got off in book two, having called deck him in the beginning of this book was really satisfying. Yeah. Not because violence is the answer, but because like Meg said, these call didn't fucking forget and just forgive. Exactly. It was a He's source garbage. of major tension, as it should have been. Instead of just something swept under the rug, under the guise of, well, he's a good guy, really. So, okay. You, you, you read us your random number summary first. We, that was a necessary conversation. We had. <laughs> the last Scottish brother meets his match in the form of an actress who's actually a lady. The Shakespeare references are subtle. As are the attempts at murder. I don't know why I was into an alpha brute. <laughs> I was. I, I did not. I did not hate. I'm going to be honest. I didn't hate Call as a hero. I thought he was a fun hero. Mm-hmm. I think, I think there are two major reasons why. And I think one is he is. He is the trope of the Highlander, right? Man of little, man of few words. He uses his bulk to get his way. Blah blah blah. He's like the the honor of Scotland is so important. Like all this stupid shit. He wears kilts all the time. I don't know. It's like every everything you think of when you think of a Scottish person. That's what Call is. But part of the honor of Scotland is also like treating women with respect. According to Call. And <laughs> that is what made me be like, yeah, this is, I can be down with this. I, I can get down with a Highlander if part of keeping the honor of Scotland is treating women with um, respect. And keeping your promises. Keeping your promises. And holding other people accountable for their behavior. Now, the amount of violence he uses in pursuit of those objectives, I should have found objectionable. I didn't. <laughs> he I don't have just, so many people like this is just gonna go into a problematic Kate faves situation for me and I've decided not to think too hard about it yeah. that's all I have to say yeah uh so besides the Scotland trope what are some other tropes um I don't know that there's a main trope here I was trying to think other than like Scotsman like, that is the main trope of this series. That's one. And then the other, for me, the main trope of this book is um, find a loophole in the bargain to get out of the bargain. I don't know that that actually played a significant enough role in the story for me to count it as the main trope, but I do agree with you that it happens. <laughs> sure. Um, I'm going to start with my favorite trope in this book, though, uh -huh. um, which is, oh, my God, pants. But gender swapped. <laughs> so usually it's very common in romance novels for a man to be like, oh my God, her butt in pants. And that happens here when she's on stage because she's an actress who predominantly performed Shakespeare. And we all know how much Shakespeare loved women dressing up as men. Um, but Carl spends the whole book in a kilt and the one scene where he shows up in pants, she is like, oh my God, pants. Yeah. She's like, oh, your legs and your butt, they're really good. And I'm sorry, I, like, once again, the details in this book worked for me where, like, they just shouldn't have. They're, like, having sex right after this really traumatic experience for her, and she's unbuttoning his button fly 
like dress pants. And it, the, the imagery just really worked for me. <laughs> That's fine. Totally fine. So, okay. So like I said, there's this bargain that his mother made with his father and he decides that he's going to get out of the bargain by saying that he's going to marry Persephone. And Persephone is an actress, so obviously his mother doesn't want to marry, doesn't want him to marry her. Yes, Lane. Lane's raising her hand. I've actually determined what the main trope of this book actually is. Oh, okay. What is it? Um, it's the quid pro quo. Okay. I will pretend to be your fiance to upset your family or like the woman you're courting if you protect me. Yes. But it's not even protection. It's also she's giving him lessons, gentleman lessons. That never actually happens, though. It happens like once. (laughs) 15 minutes, maybe, before they literally stop them to go have sex. But the, the actual trope here, I would say the number one trope, is the bargain. Yes. It's a bargain. Sorry. Please resume. I identified it and I had to. I did raise my hand for listeners. <laughs> so, so he's like, I'm going to marry Persephone Jones, actress. Um, and his mom's like, no, you have to marry an English lady. And he's like, no, actually, the letter of the bargain says I have to marry an English woman. So screw you. But Cole thinks he's going to get out of it because his mother is going to hate it so much that she will just allow just allowing him to to get out of the bargain basically i think this is a good um place to remind listeners that we hate this whole thing oh my god so much i hate the bargain like how is it it's not enforceable but also like why would you cut off your children for not marrying someone you approve of and then attempt to be seen sympathetically that's the thing that's the that's been my issue with this whole series all along yes um with the mother and the father but i i also had just huge issues with matthew i was convinced convinced that matthew was going to die and that the fourth book in the series was going to be eloise going to scotland and marrying a scotsman that did not happen. Sorry, guys. Yeah. That was like my dream of how the series ended. Yeah, me too. Didn't happen. It didn't. I was disappointed in that too. Once again, I don't have a logical reason for why so much of this book worked for me because all the background shit didn't. All right. Any other tropes you want to talk about before we move on? Um, yeah, she's a runaway bride. Oh, she is. That's true. She didn't run away from the ceremony, but she did run away from the wedding, I think, the week that it was going to happen. Years ago. That's the, like, very limited spoiler version, but how many heroines ran away from someone they were implicitly betrothed to, explicitly betrothed to, supposed to marry. She ghosted her future groom. Yeah. And that is her whole backstory. So, um, also, can we talk about the notebook for a second? Let's talk about it. So, you know how when Noah 
writes Allie every day for a year, and then her mom steals the letters, and then in the rain, he tells her, I wrote you every day for a year. And then her mom shows up with, like, the tied package of envelopes to mm-hmm. be like, hey, Allie, this is me making amends and, like, treating you like a grown-up for the first fucking time. Uh-huh. Yeah, that happens in this book, except it's fucking parents hiding letters from the other parents. To their kids. To their children, and both ways. Both ways. from the kids and letters to the kids. It was horrible. And then it's, like, justified. Yeah. It was, it was awful. And, um... It literally played out like a notebook. She's like, I wrote you hundreds of letters. Yeah. For 17 years. He's like, no, you didn't. I never got them. Whatever. Yeah. And then I guess for me, I, so I, I had issues with, so it was Francesca, the mother. I had issues with her abandoning her kids. <laughs> you know, just you know. had big issues with it. And then it's supposed to be okay because she wrote them letters for 17 years. Like, well, you, I also you go back. Your, hus- it's, uh, your husband obviously is not like imprisoning you in a tower. You know, he let you leave the first time. You go back for a visit. Like, come the fuck on. Oh, she even justifies it. She tries to be like, I tried to bring tutors in to split time 70-30. Like, I tried to make compromises and your father wouldn't have it. So eventually I realized there was no compromise to be had. Yeah, that's a reason to divorce that dick. Right. That's not a reason to not see your children for 17 years. Like, yes. come on. Yep. And then the, and the father is no, not any better. He's withholding the letters, you know. And the father, the thing is, though, like, he's barely a character. Like, he shows no. up in this one finally. But his actions aren't justified in the way Francesca's are. I agree yeah. that they're equally horrid. But I feel like the text defends Francesca. A lot more. And yeah. that's why I'm mad at her. I guess not my... Yeah. My other issue is I was like, how am I supposed to believe that this man, their father, raised three romance hero caliber men, but treated his wife so horribly? And the fact that they're both are like immediately flirting again. Yep. They they get back together. They're in the first, they're in the same place for the first time in 18 years or whatever. And then they're like, oh, why did I ever leave you? You're so beautiful. You're so handsome. Nyeh, nyeh, nyeh. I was not into it. Nope. <laughs> I really like this book. <laughs> That's fine. All right. Tell me, tell me why you like this book, Lane. Okay. A couple of things. One, I think, as Meg previously stated, I liked the alpha feminism. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes it really doesn't work for me, but here it really did. Right. I also thought this book did a better job with the sibling dynamics. Yes. Than the previous books did. He went to his brothers for help. He wasn't too proud to ask, but his brothers also weren't his best friends. Only confidants had to be in on everything. Mm-hmm. Like I thought I really liked the way the family, as in his brothers and sister, showed up in the text. Yeah. I thought he was really consistently characterized. Like, I thought it would have been really easy. My fear with this book, not with the whole series, because I agree with everything Meg said about Eloise and Matthew. But I think my fear with this book was that they were going to try to, like, refine him. Right. And that this was going to be a book about making him less of a Scotch brute. Right. And not what this book ended up being at all. I loved that, like, 
this book opened with him leaving the theater box again. Mm-hmm. Like, no, the situation hasn't changed. Like, yes, yeah. I still have to marry an English woman. I'm glad he'd admitted to himself, I want love before this book started. Yes. This was a book about convincing him marriage could be acceptable with the right woman. Right. This was a book about him being resentful of the circumstances, not like, Absolutely. I think all of the, uh, the pratfalls, pitfalls, whatever, that I was afraid of for Call as a character didn't happen. And he ended up being way better than I expected. I actually really enjoyed Persephone as a character. Mm-hmm. I think she was ballsy. I liked that she she had the eclectic staff of former people she worked with who she'd hired. I liked that she'd aimed medium. I know it's silly, but so often we see the women who've established themselves are either in hiding, trying to be anonymous, mm-hmm. or are like, richest most flagrant court curses around yeah i like that she wanted to be outside of her chosen profession just respectable and normal yeah and it's like i don't know of very many self-made women who didn't either in their personal lives in romance novels become anonymous or infamous right i really enjoyed her exploration of the middle ground so like yeah. those things that i liked as much as i made fun of it in my summary i liked the shakespeare <laughs> the Shakespeare was fun. I I was a theater kid. I liked all the references. I liked all the jokes. I loved when they talk about how theater people are a group of people constantly trying to one up each other yes. and be loud and funnier. Like, but somehow you like come to love it. That's it's been so, so much of my true. life. Like, it just a lot of this book in weird ways I wasn't expecting really resonated with me. Yeah, I don't disagree with what you said. I think call was a really, I really liked him as a character. Uh, I liked his decisions. I found him very consistent. I liked Persephone as a character too. It was hard for me to, there was not much of their love story on the page. That was hard for me. Basically, he's, he announces to his mother that he's marrying Persephone before he's, he's, he's talked to her for like 10 minutes. He knows her name and where she works and that's pretty much it. Yeah. And so he's like, yeah, I'm marrying Persephone just to basically piss off his mother. And then he's like, I'm going to go talk to her and see if she will do this with me. And she agrees. They both find each other attractive. I didn't dislike the fact that they got very physical very quickly. But then it was like all of a sudden they were in love. And I was like, I wanted more time of them like getting to know each other and talking about what they had in common or what they didn't have in common. I was missing a little bit of a love story. I can't dispute anything you've said. And I think my only rebuttal and defense would be things that I filled in in my own head. Like, I think I really understood why a guy tied to land as a caretaker who'd been manipulated recently and feeling really powerless was really into a woman who was similarly independent, but was relying on him in that moment and was Mm -hmm. actively choosing him, but not for the reason all the other random debutantes had been coming on to him lately. Yeah. Like, and I think for her, I got why the specific circumstances she was in and call specifically made her feel safe in a way she hadn't since she'd fled. But I agree with you reflecting that that wasn't textual. Yeah. 
that like I read that into the characters, but I could have used more of it on the page. Yeah. I think we're being very respectful to each other <laughs> in this review because Lane like really loved this book and I just found it extremely mediocre. I, we're usually pretty respectful of one another. Yeah. I don't respect shitty characters and neither of us think these are shitty characters. I think, I think that's the thing. Yeah, the characters are both, the main characters are good. Um, I really liked his brothers and their relationships, how they appeared on the page because we've, we've already read their books and seen how they, those brothers work with their spouse. Uh, and I think, I think it was really nice to see them and it wasn't like a happily ever after like you see them and they've got like three kids or whatever. Well, because um, all these books take place in four weeks. <laughs> I mean, yes, but it's also it, it's not just like oh that they're they're there they're done they're happy with each other. They didn't just like have a cameo on the page. Right. Does that make sense? Like they took Definitely. part as characters. I liked it, so I did like that part. Yeah. Um. That said, I'm I'm not about to defend his parents, Michael, Matthew. Matt, he doesn't deserve a name. He doesn't. He doesn't. He's the worst. I wish, God, is so horrible, but I so wish he had died and Eloise was distraught and she was like, oh, I'm going to go to Scotland to get over my grief. I would have loved it if after Call punched him, because I wouldn't have changed that. No. If he made all those promises about how he was changed and then he'd been shot in the street by somebody who owed a ton of money. Exactly, like a mafia, whatever. I didn't want him to like deserve it because no one deserves to be murdered. But I would have loved like his redemption was false. Yes. Me so not only too. did she lose him, but she had to lose the idea of how him she'd held so strongly in her mind. Anyway, I was ready first, for it. I was ready for it. Bloodthirsty and ready for some tragedy that did not happen. The plot twist story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Any content warnings? So, um, she gets sexually harassed by a patron who explicitly says, you owe me. Mm -hmm. And Cole kicks his ass before she's ever really in danger. But content mm -hmm. warning. The reason that she ran away from her marriage was because she thought that she was going to be abused by her new husband. Yes. And her parents were, I don't know if they were like physically abusive, but they were emotionally abusive and they treated her like an object, basically. Yeah. Um, so there were issues there too. To put it mildly. <laughs> <laughs> but, I, I mean, this, I will say, this book does a really good job of, with, with our main couple, everything is very consensual. I don't have any issues with our couple. Well, and they do have as a trope a thing Meg and I both love. They're working on the same side the mm -hmm. whole book. Yes. She is working with him to distract his family from his marriage prospects and to encourage him to seduce a proper young lady. Yep. And he is working to protect her. And there is no fight between them really. Nope. And there's the only no one that happens on the page, there's a minor argument 
And she's thinking through a lot of the things romance novel heroines do like, Oh my God, I've let him lock out of my life. Was it worth it for this moment of my pride? And then he walks back in the door and says, I'll pick you up at seven. Yep. Walks out and she's like, Oh, we're mad at each other, but that's not, that's not the end. And we get to continue working from this place. And that is the closest it comes to a breakup. (laughs) And I cannot tell you how much I love that. It was really nice. I have to agree. I like that part. How sexy was this book? Personally, I didn't have any, I didn't have any issues. These were not problematic sex scenes. There were certain aspects of them that I liked. I did not find them sexy. I was so into the main characters. I was excited to see them hooking up. I loved the initiative she took. I loved that there were never any like sex and then fight. Yeah. Or sex and then break up. But I agree with you. These were not like the most compellingly written sex scenes I've read. Yeah. So I think this book's sexiness gets a bonus point because of how much I liked the two of them together. Yeah. But I agree with you that they were very averagely explicit romance novel sex scenes. Yeah. And I mean, I will say this, this isn't, you know, who I, I think that's generally how she writes. So I wasn't surprised Wonderful. or disappointed. Right. Well, one, like not, maybe not even three quarters of a male nipple on a cover. Yeah. Yeah. Like not even a full nipple. Yeah. Like a, a, an artfully, like, you know, he's shirtless and you see a nip. It's not like it's covered, yeah. but they're not trying to show you that he's nude. Yeah. I will say that I, one of the things I really appreciated about Persephone was that she was not a virgin. I was really afraid. So she put off her protector, the guy who was sexually harassing her. Yes. She did not want to sleep with him. And I was afraid that it was going to be this whole thing where she somehow managed to have these protectors but never sleep with them. And it was going to be a whole thing because she's going to be a virgin bride and blah, blah, blah. Nope. No. She just didn't want to sleep with that guy. Yep. And I was like, okay. After that, I was like, oh, that's great. I I was so afraid it was going to fall into that romance novel trap, and it did not. No, and she'd had several protectors, slept with several of them. Many of them were men who were pursuing her and claimed to be protector, and she had no interest in putting them off and ruining her career. But also no interest in being with them. And I think it's also great. She wasn't a mistress. She was an actress. Right. And she did have her earnings from the stage. And that's not to say her protectors didn't provide goods to her. But what she was looking for wasn't financial protection. Right. And so I loved that she had that level of autonomy. Like, if she wanted a protector and a lover, she took one. Yes. But if she wasn't interested, she didn't have to. Exactly. She she supported herself through the stage. She got nice jewelry and shit from her protectors, but it wasn't like a, I have to appease this man or I might not eat dinner or have a roof over my head. Yep. I liked the exact, I I thought the level of autonomy she had was believable. Yeah, I agree. So, so in general, I mean, there's nothing wrong with this book, right? In my opinion, if you read the first two in the series, you probably want to, finish it off in Lane's opinion you should read the first two to get to this book is that right yes (laughs) yes ma'am um thank you guys so much for listening Uh, we'd love it if you would rate review and subscribe